Well, you know what that you know what that sound is. That is the sound for Straight Talk. This is your opportunity to call in, and even if you don't get on there, we're having a little problems with our phones, but you can still call in, submit your question. I don't know if you'll get on the air or not. That's not my job. That's pe- people behind the scenes. But we do have the number of 877-795-0122. I'm going to say that again, but I'm going to say it slower. 877-795-0122. If you can't get on the air because of whatever technical problems we have, you can submit your question that way or via our uh, Facebook page. And so um, uh, we're always looking for good questions, and we always seem to get good questions. And so I'm just encouraging and challenging the listeners. If you have any question that's pressing you or anything that you, anything that Bishop Felton just said or anything going on in the world right now that you want answered from the perspective of the Catholic Church and by a Catholic priest, this is your chance to do it. So, Hillary, yes, we are a half hour into your first <laughs> show as co-host. How's it feeling? Oh, it it feels inspired. Oh, well, that's great. I'm not going to make mention to the mistake you made in the first segment, but that's okay. I'll okay. just leave it. I'll leave it put. Thank you. I'm just teasing you. All right. So eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is the number you want to call. And if you have a call, if you have a question for Hillary, you can ask her a question. But I think I'm ask, answering all the theological <laughs> questions. Not that I don't trust her. So this is your opportunity to have a real chance to influence this this show and if you're listening you're thinking to yourself oh i really want to influence because it's not going very well this is your chance 877-795-0122 even if you're not on the air i'm still going to give the gold star of courage to the first person that calls in with a question but i want to know where you're from so you can't just say well i'm f- from the radio 877-795-0122 i think we're still looking for a caller from montana never have we gotten one I don't think we've ever gotten, oh, we have, I guess I, the the voice in my ear just, in my head just told me we did. Okay, I don't think we've ever gotten one from Canada, though. We have people listening in Canada. So 877-795-0122. You know, Father Rich, as we wait for people to call in, I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm so inspired by Monsignor Boo. I've, I've just been reading a lot about him lately, and it's really interesting because um, at Stelmar's High School, we implemented what's called a house system. And so it's a means by which we can um, create a more connected community within the high school, within the ninth and 10th graders. And one of the houses is called the House of Boo. Now, this house was named prior to any of this effort being made. And um, it's just really great to see, you know, these young kids learning about people that literally walked the halls. Monsignor Boo lived at the St. James Orphanage. He did. Not for a long time, but he lived there for a while, which is now the high school. That's that's correct. And he truly loved ministering to um, the youth. And so I I just think it's just another revelation, so to speak, that uh, Monsignor Boo has been on the hearts and minds of people within our diocese even prior to this discernment. It it always has been. I mean, like the bishop was talking about the idea that, you know, the Right at his burial, there was an idea that he was going to be, and then not long after that, the sisters at St. Scholastica were distributing relics of him. Mm-hmm. And then not long after that, the biography was written about him. And then bishops since then have been saying, well, we should probably start the cause. So it's always been in the mind of the people of Duluth, and uh, Bishop Felton, the 10th bishop of our diocese, introduced the cause. And so, yeah, it's always been on the minds of people around here, and we even see it in the uh, in the high school, like you mentioned, again, organically. Yeah, and a little fun fact, um, these houses, there's kind of a points system because um, they earn points through doing service projects or planning events and such. And the House of Boo just 
came into first place. Oh, cool! In the house system on Friday. Well, that's pretty so cool. It's kind of like homeroom, right? Is that what the house it, system is kind of like? Similar. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We do have a question: baking in the oven. But I'm not going to give the gold star of courage to that person because they're calling in as anonymous. I can only <laughs> I can only give the gold star of courage to people who actually put their name. I'm not saying anything against anonymous. I'm just not giving the gold star of courage. All right, Hillary, could you ask the answer? Read that question for me. Father, hello, Father. There are many English translations of the Bible. Do you have a particular translation you use, or one that you think is best to use for understanding the faith? Thank you, anonymous. That's a good question. A lot of people ask that question. I, you know, I think that um, uh, there are a lot of different translations out there, and there have been a lot of people think, well, the Dewey Reams is the Catholic version. Dewey Reams is a terrible translation of the Bible. It may have been considered the Catholic version at one time when the King James first came out, but it's not a good translation of the Bible. I think that if you want to get to the most Faithful to the original text, I do think that the Nor- the uh, the New American is probably your best bet. There's and that's a, the that's the readings we that's, hear. That's every what we hear at mass. Yeah, the, the the so the NAB is what you would see in the in the Bible. So the the New American Bible, I would say, is probably the best translation to the original texts that were written of the earliest copies and manuscripts. So that's what I'd recommend. So thank you, anonymous, for the call. We want more people to call in. This is your time. I like the I like the controversial questions. Anonymous, that was a good question. It wasn't controversial, but it's a good question. 877-795-0122. Any questions about, again, like what we've been talking about, what's going on in the world, even politics. I like delving, delving into politics. Not to be partisan, but as Catholics, we have to be people of our civil duty and the civic workings of our society and country. As Catholics, we have to let that voice be be known. And so we're going to get a little bit into that actually with our next guest. But uh, this is the time to make in a, a phone call. If something's going on in the world, something's going on in your parish, you just have questions about it. That's 877 And so. Uh, have you memorized that phone number by now? I, in you the know, eight I, years? Should, I should have it memorized, but I don't because every time we start the show, I always have to ask Aaron. Aaron, what's that number again? 877 So we want people to call in because. I've got a reputation to keep, Hillary. I've got a reputation to keep, and 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 my reputation. Let's focus more on your role as a priest, not okay. your reputation. But my reputation in the context of real presence. I've been told that my straight talks get more questioned than other straight talks, and so I need my people that are listening right now to actually prove that. And so you prove that by making this call: eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. You can even try and stump me. But I don't want you to try and stop me. I want these to be well-thought-of questions. I'm kind of waiting, to be honest with you, I'm kind of waiting, Hillary, for your daughter to call in with a question. My daughter is um, in class right now in graduate school. Right. And so... You don't think that it's important enough for her to take a break? um, Well, (laughs) should she be able to step out of class? She might just send us a question and... And it would be fun to hear her voice, but maybe the phone lines aren't working that way today. So well, she can still we can we can still give her the gold star of courage if she's the first person <laughs> who puts her name on a question. Oh goodness! Well, it looks like we have another okay. question that's coming, that? and yep, this is from anonymous again. again. So no gold star yet. But from anonymous, I have a potentially controversial question for you today, Father. Looking back at church history, I've heard that there were numerous anti popes. What is an anti-pope, and why do they exist? Why do we not have them now? 
Thank you. It's a good thing we don't have them now. So an anti-pope actually throughout history, I don't know how many there have been, 30, 35 of them, anti-popes, that people that claimed to be the rightful pope when they in fact were not. And some of them would have had actually strong arguments because the church hasn't always had very clean-cut elections. And so the first, here's a little trivial fact, is that the very first anti-pope ever is a Catholic saint. Saint Hippolytus was an anti-pope. He's the first anti-pope. And so um, uh, they weren't necessarily all bad people, but they maybe in some cases saw that the church wasn't going well, and they thought that they had more of a legitimate claim to the papacy. But in, in the big scheme of things, we don't want anti-popes. <laughs> I mean, and some people were scared when Benedict XVI resigned. It's like, oh, no, what could happen here? It's like we have two guys that were rightfully elected pope. Could there be an anti-pope? That's, that happens. That was all put to rest, of course. We haven't had an anti-pope for centuries. And so I don't think we're going to have anything like that. We have a little bit more cleaner-cut process of papal elections. But anti-popes are... Interesting parts of history, of uh, you know, especially when it comes to papal elections, which they are always seem to be uh, uh, involved in. So, uh, so yeah. So I mean, I think I hopefully answered that question. Well, that seemed to maybe start in um, biblical times before times of popes, where there were anti kings, where there were people claiming claimants to claimants to be king. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, they could all have all sorts of things like that that happen throughout history. Leaders that claim to have the rightful, you know cause for being called the leader or something like that but certainly it's it's prevalent in pa- in papal history but not in recent centuries thank heavens so i still haven't not given the gold star of courage 877-795-0122 that's we have a we have another um, question being cooked up right now which is great because I, I know we've got a lot of listeners but this person from what i can see i don't see a name on this we see the city that they're from but i I, I don't want to go through this whole segment without giving the gold star of courage. Would you please read this question? I certainly will. Well, this caller is from Duluth, so we're getting, no, closer, we're getting closer to knowing who our at least callers are. At least are. they're proud of where they're from. Yes. Caller from Duluth asks, Why do Catholics go to confession if our sins are not truly forgiven? I have been told that all of our sins will be revisited when we get to heaven for a chance at forgiveness and conversion. Okay, thank you very much, caller from Duluth. I'm sorry, you do not get the gold star of courage yet, but we know where you're from. So actually, um, the question is kind of uh, a little bit confusing, but I'll say this is that sins are forgiven. So there's a difference between what we say, um, uh, what's the word? I don't know if I like the term reparation, but um, uh, you know, when, you, when your sins are forgiven, put it this way, this is the analogy I always like to use. I think it comes from the Baltimore Catechism. Let's say you're a little kid and you break the window of, of um, uh, uh, the neighbor, through it with a baseball the, the neighbor can come and say i forgive you but you need to break your piggy bank and pay for it <laughs> you know and so i forgive you mm-hmm. so there's a difference between you know forgiveness and re- re- reparation so to speak and so so forgiveness is there and so when you go to confession your sins are forgiven but every sin marks our soul and so that that opens up the whole idea what purgatory is it's like purifying the effects of sin but even though just because the sin is forgiven doesn't mean that the effects have not still remained on our soul. So it's, a, it's a, that, that analogy that I didn't make up, but it's a good one, about the breaking of the window with the baseball. Neighbor says, I forgive you for doing that, but you need to pay for it. That's kind of the way it is. So forgiveness is certainly there. It's 100% forgiven uh, when, when you go to confession the right way, in the sincere sort of way. So very good question. Duluth, caller from Duluth, but no name. But I, I think we got one coming up, and we're going to give, we're soon to give the gold star of freedom to somebody from North Dakota. 
But we'll uh, get to that shortly. So 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. We're still waiting to give the gold star of courage to the first caller. And you know those hardy people up in North Dakota, you never know what's going to happen with them. (laughs) They always seem to be the ones that always pull through. Maybe some hardy people in Bismarck. Well, there could be some. There's hardy people everywhere. Although in Duluth, we've become wimps, I think. This has become the craziest winter ever. It was 50 degrees yesterday. (laughs) I was walking around outside like I took a hike without a jacket on even. After last winter's record snowfall. I know. This is incredible. I love it. I am all for global warming. I sign me up 100%. Global warming in Duluth is a good, good thing. 877 7950122. We have a question there, but it's still yet to be baked and turned green. You make it an environmental call. I'm all in. for environment. <laughs> I like I like to actually taunt the callers so that we can actually get the uh, juices flowing for the. Uh, yeah, this is what happens. Sometimes we get the call and the question is there, but we, they refuse to turn it green, so we can't answer it until. Ooh, we have a caller. This is. Oh, that doesn't sound like a caller on the line. I think we're still having problems with our technical issues, but that that would have been a true, that would have been a true gold star of courage if that call actually worked. But maybe the caller will get back on eight. So here's the number: eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. I'm not sure I'll ever forget that phone number. Well, I know, I know, but in a month I might ask you and then see if you remember it or not. Okay. All right, so we're still waiting. We had a potential call. We do have one sitting here waiting that we could probably uh, could probably answer, but it's we're still... It's, waiting you know, for it to turn my favorite color green. Yeah, exactly. It's the whole thing. It's like, that's like listening to the radio is like watching them make sausage type of thing. Oh, there you go. All right, <laughs> that's go, an all interesting right. analogy. All right, go, go ahead. Hillary. All right, well, that. we do have another question, and this person gets to receive Michael the gold from star. Fargo. Michael from Fargo Yay. is asking, Jacob had his name changed to Israel in the Bible. Why was his name changed? And why is he called Jacob for most of the Bible? Well, I mean, thank you very, Michael from Fargo, the official recipient of the gold star of courage. So that's a good question. So name changes in scripture, you know, only God can change names. <laughs> so it's a big deal. So when Jesus changes the name of Peter, you know, I mean, it's a statement that's a, that's a, uh, the, an act of him uh, from his behalf as God. So only God changes the names. And the change of names is always in reference to <clears throat> a different relationship that they have now. Now they have a different, hold on, <clears throat> a different mission and a different relationship to God. So God will change the name as a resemblance or as a, as a symbol of that different mission. And so when he wrestled with Jacob, he named him Israel, which literally means to wrestle with God. And from that point on, actually, I mean, he's referenced as Jacob sometimes in the Old Testament. But Israel, he's the father of the Jewish people. That's why Israel's Israel now, because of Jacob, whose name was changed. And so uh, he's interchangeably named Jacob and Israel, known as that throughout the Bible, but just like Simon Peter is, right? And so he's sometimes called Simon in the New Testament. Sometimes he's called Peter. But, you know, God changed his name because he now has a new role and a new mission. Excellent question, Michael from Fargo. All right, we have uh, some people that might be calling in. We, uh, I heard somebody call in, but then I heard the, the 
Tile, We're trying to see if they can call back so we can 877. actually speak with Would you them. say the number? Let's hear you say the number, Hillary. See if you can say it better the, and get more effect. The number is 877-795-0122. That is great. We've had a number of calls. We still have a, we still have a few minutes. You can ask any questions. So far, the question, I will grade, I will grade the question so far today as A. You guys have A's. So let's keep the A's going. And that's, again, 877-795-0122. Is there anybody in your family listening right now, Hillary? You know, um, my one daughter is uh, being a nurse right now, so okay. she probably shouldn't be. Yeah, probably and the not. other daughter is um, in class. Right. And um, Don't they know they should stop everything my- for mom's first time <laughs> on the radio? And my husband is, is working right now. So, no, they, they are not listening right now, but they have certainly been praying for our time together today. Oh, that's, oh. You know what I like about this um, segment is that it does. It provides people the opportunity to ask these questions. There's, as a cradle Catholic, there's lots of things I still don't know, right. and there's some things that we we misunderstand. And, and so people are afraid to go up and ask the priest sometimes. So this is their anonymous opportunity, not anonymous, right. so their, their opportunity, you know, not face to face. Like, well, I always wanted to ask this question, so right. now is the opportunity. Right. So we give that. We give that. I think it's a great thing in Real Presence Live that we have this opportunity for. You you get it on the national level. You hear EWTN. But we don't hear it on the local level, so it's great that Real Presence Radio, Real Presence Live, gives this chance. And so, again, the number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We do have a call being baked, but it's you know that's how it works, just being baked, and we're waiting for it to. It's like watching water boil. Really? Does it turn green when it, the water boils? <laughs> no, I just mean. I th- I, did the you hear that? It takes. Once this again, we heard that. Uh, patience hear is that a virtue. Song? It is a virtue. I, yes. I'm very good at patience when I'm not on the radio. <laughs> Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Now, actually, that's a lie. I'm not really good at patience with anything. So, I, on the radio or off the radio, not good at it. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. The transfer calls are not working, but we do have a call about well, turn green. Go ahead, Hillary. All right. This is from Maureen in Bismarck. Yay, Bismarck! You marry. Anyways, uh, Maureen from Bismarck. When we go to confession, and I go quite often, how do I know when recompense has been given for past sins? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Well, we have something that we call indulgences, and that can work in that regards. And I don't want to get too deep into the indulgence things, but in the big picture, you know, and and again, this opens up a whole other scheme of things. Is the whole idea of of purgatory. That's when that's when we get purified of the effects of sin. And purgatory's got a really bad name. You know, people it's like a really bad thing. I was like I I would rather be in purgatory than New York City. Right? <laughs> I I and I'd rather be in purgatory than outside Duluth right now. Because at least I know I'm on the way there and I'm getting myself prepared for for God. And so purgatory is a beautiful thing. I think it was Saint Catherine of Genoa who said purgatory is nothing more than God, Christ's loving gaze as you approach him to go to heaven. Think of it that way, is that that's how our, the sins that affect our souls are washed away by God's, by Christ's loving gaze. We give too many uh, negative connotations of purgatory. It's like people are scared of there that, but are. they shouldn't be scared of that. I, I'm just curious why... The Council of Trent actually condemned it, but you still, even after that, uh, the idea of you know, like souls bobbing up and down and boiling wax like you know French fries or something like that, the, 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 uh, um, uh, the Council of Trent condemned all type of us, you know, explanations of purgatory in that regards, but the church continued to do that. Purgatory is a great thing. It just watches us and it cleans us of the, the effects of those sins. And so that would be the main thing, Maureen. Excellent question. 
We do have other calls that are coming in or other questions that are coming in, so we are excited about those. You can continue, although we've only got about, what, five minutes maybe to make a call, and that would be seven minutes, 877-795-0122. We have given the Silver Star of Courage, and I think we have to give uh, the Bronze Star of Courage yet. So, oh, this we have another. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is Susie. Susie from Gillette, Wyoming. Can meat-based stocks be used in soups during lunch? Very good question, Susie. Believe it or not, that is a question that's debated among people. And so, I fall aside saying that uh, that they can be used. I I think that um, uh, uh, when we talk about meat, we have to understand what the the whole point of of the meat was that there was is always a representation of celebration, and so. Um, uh, and so we don't celebrate on the day that Jesus died. And so a meat stock is a flavor. That's not the meat. And so I fall on the side saying it's not a problem. There's some purists out there that might say, no, you can't do that. You know, I, the the the, uh, the bigger debate that I've always had, actually, with some of my former uh, co-hosts, is can you can you stop your, your giving up things on Sundays during Lent? That's an ongoing debate going mm-hmm. back for a long, long time. This question is very similar to that one. So Susie, if I were you, I would not lose sleep over meat-based stocks as long as you're not eating meat, right? It's kind of like the juices that come from it. So some priests might be listening and say, that guy is full of it, but that's where I stand. Well, I think that's what can be confusing for us Catholics. Yeah, well, I'm right. That this, oh, Okay. So, so I mean, so just so Susie and anybody else that's listening, just uh, Father Rich said that. So it's like, well, well, I guess that. I mean, I'm not the Pope, but I mean, I, I'm right. No, you're not the Pope. You're Father Rich Kunz. Exactly. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We have calls come in. This is great. I wish we had a full hour straight talk. We did last month, and we really struggled. No, they came. They came. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Waiting for green. Waiting for green. It feels like green is coming. There we go. Do you want to read that? We have green. This is from Margie from Duluth. Yay, Duluth. Are there two Simons referred to in the Bible, names for the disciples? I was listening to my son's Bible on a tape. Jesus changes one name to Peter. How do you know which one is referred to if they just say his first name, Simon? Yep, good question, Margie from Duluth. So there are two Simons among the apostles. There's Simon Peter and then Simon the Zealot, all right? So uh, generally speaking, it's Simon Peter. So Simon Peter is mentioned more in the New Testament than all the other apostles combined. He's always the main guy. Now, does um, Simon the Zealot have a a speaking part? I think he does have, I'd be remiss to say exactly which one it is, Uh, but um, I'm sure he has a speaking part, but it's probably just one. And so generally speaking, if there's a, a conversation going on, it's probably going to be Simon Peter. Simon Peter is the, the main guy. And so, yes, there are two apostles, Simon the Zealot and Simon Peter. So just look at the context of the story that you're listening to in your son's uh, taped Bible, and then maybe you can figure out at that point as to what the, what the passage was, at least, what you were, what you were listening to. Excellent question. 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. And we do have another question being baked up. We do have a, a couple more minutes here. So it's like, these questions are great. I love them. I love I love challenging the listeners to make sure that we get these questions because you'd be bored silly if you just heard me sitting here pontificating for a whole half hour without your question. I could do it. I could do it. I wouldn't enjoy it. But I mean, and nor would the listeners. And it looks like we are going to have another question. Could you please read that? 
All right. Thanks, this is Hillary. Steve calling from Moose Lake, a convert in 1985. Yay. Welcome to the church. If the Virgin Mary is considered ever virgin, did she have relations with Joseph after Jesus' birth? Because in the Jewish faith, it was important to consummate the marriage. Yeah, it's super important in the Catholic faith as well. And so we believe that she is um, ever virgin and that that did not happen, that she did not have relations afterwards. This gets to the, it gets to the, uh, the big part of this is the discussion of the brothers and sisters of our Lord, which repeatedly ha- happens up in the Gospels, as mentioned in the Gospels. But in the original Greek, as well as the original Aramaic in which they spoke, there's no differentiation between kin and sibling in their language, and so we know that we know that um, uh, Nazareth was a um, uh, a tribal village, which means that they were all, in essence, related to one another. They were a tribal village of uh, of um, uh, you know from the line of David, basically. So anybody that would have came from Nazareth would have been referenced as a brother or sister of our Lord, because it was a, a tribal village. But Mary was ever virgin, and the the Greek Orthodox, and it comes actually from a. And, uh, a very early um, uh, um, agnostic text called the Protoevangelion of James speaks of the fact that Joseph was much, much older than Mary and that Joseph also had children from a previous marriage. That's what the Greek Orthodox believe, the Russian Orthodox, but um, uh, that's not what we believe, but the, the Protoevangelion of James, uh, which is a, a fourth century text, speaks to that as well. So our, these have been excellent questions, and I'm not going to say I'm not going to say I'm not going to say the number again because we're like a minute and a half away from break. But they're they've been very good. And Hillary, good. how's it going so far? You're <laughs> almost halfway I've, through your first. It's great. Go, go, it's go. great. It's flying by. That must mean you're, you're having, having fun. fun. Yeah, exactly. How can't you have fun with me? Come on, Hillary. <laughs> That's not supposed to be funny. But we've had great okay. callers, so I've been able to give a gold star, silver star, and a bronze star of courage. And I'm going to give you a, a, an honorary sil- <gasps> silver one. Oh, no, I'll give you, you a gold one because you're here with me. Thank you. Hillary was afraid to come on the air with me. I don't know why that I was. I was not afraid. Okay. I wanted to do well by this mission. That's what it was all and about. And what is the mission? Speak to the mission of Real of Presence Radio. Of Real Presence Radio. Radio? Yes. Oh, to share the love of Christ, to know the church a little bit more, to reach... You know, it's to evangelize people who are curious, people who are interested, people who might be bored and driving across the Dakotas. Yep. This is a tremendous opportunity. In, if you're from Duluth, on March 5th, we are having the Real Presence Radio Banquet from Duluth. March 5th. Call that number that I've been saying over and over again, 877-795-0122, to get their always great events, and uh, you won't be sorry. So March 5th at the deck we're having. We're going to support. We're going to sh- put our money where our mouth is in supporting Real Presence Radio. So March fifth, and uh, just call that number, and we'll give you information about that. And we're going to continue this great show that Hillary is helping with right after this break, when we're talking to a couple of guys that are executive directors of the Minnesota Catholic Conference and the South Dakota Conference. Shortly after this quick break, stay with us.